Hi, guys. Thanks for not throwing my outlines. <laughs> I was like, I worked hard on those. <laughs> good to see you guys. Um, how are you all doing? I guess, I mean, we were all here at the last formation. I just feel like a whole lifetime has happened between I've seen you last. So it's good to be back. I did go to Italy. Someone propped Jesus up. I'm glad. Um, so this, this was like a family trip, and it came from our family dinner in high school. We were like, how fun would it be when the youngest brother, Brian, graduates? We all go to Italy. But then we were all in college, and we were like, we can't go to Italy. We have no money. So years later, we went. Dream come true. It was awesome. So it was my parents and my siblings. It was great. So we did a tour, but one of the things we went early and we got to go out to Assisi, just did that on our own, and it, that was actually probably one of my favorite. That and the coast, we went to the Amalfi Coast. So, um, but when we were in Assisi, um, I got to purchase this lovely San Damiano cross. Maybe you know the story of it, maybe not, but the original one is in Santa Chiara. It's the church for St. Clair in Assisi, and the cross, it comes from kind of like the Byzantine, like way back when, and you can kind of tell, I thought this was just interesting, FYI, but you can kind of tell there was like a period in the church where always it was Christ and his divinity represented on the cross, and so he's Christ resurrected, his eyes are open, he's, you know, it was actually really cool that, um, like the halo part on the cross, it actually protrudes from the cross. It's like 3D. Really cool. It's like, whoa, I didn't know that. And it was like extra shiny. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so Christ triumphant, right? Christ in his divinity. And only later did they start representing Christ in his humanity, the suffering Christ. So just a little history lesson. But um, I wanted to bring this. It does connect a little bit to the talk. So I wanted to bring it because this is the cross before which St. Francis was praying when he heard the words, go rebuild my church. <laughs> yes, amen. And what he did was he got up and he went down the hill and he started to put brick by brick and like start rebuilding this little church. Um, but the Lord meant, go rebuild my church, like my body, my church on earth. So um, just wanted to share that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, our theme is called with a holy call, right? Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We're called with a holy call. And tonight we're going to, um, that comes from Ephesians 4. And I'm excited. I pretty much spent all day praying with Ephesians 4. And we're going to do just kind of a little scripture study of it. Because what's really cool about Ephesians, St. Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians, and the whole first part, um, well, just to say, too, we're going we're gonna to just, like, take a couple chunks of it, and this is just cracking it open. So my hope is that this would sort of ignite for you um, some study of Ephesians, that you would go and read Ephesians 4 in your prayer time tomorrow. Can we all, like, do that? Yeah. Can you actually do that for real, like, tomorrow? Just take... 15 minutes of your prayer time and read Ephesians 4 and, you know, let it kind of stir up and remember maybe some of the things that we talk about, but also let it speak some new things to you. And if you want to explore 
into the first part of Ephesians or later into Ephesians, you can do that too. Be free. But Ephesians 4, so the first part of Ephesians before the fourth chapter, it's talking all about the body and Christ in the church as its body. It's talking all about the gifts and the grace given through our Lord Jesus Christ that we can be a part of the body. And so then in Ephesians 4, this is why. He says, therefore, therefore, I, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the call which you have been called, with all lowliness, meekness, patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So, and I just want you to let things speak to you as we go this evening, okay? St. Paul says, live a life worthy of the call you have received. With, live it with lowliness and meekness, patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain unity and peace. That really struck me. Why is Paul begging us to lead this kind of life? That was my question. Like, why is he begging us to lead this kind of life? And I, so I was like going back to the other chapters, like what is the therefore all about? And what it's about is it's because God has made it possible. Therefore, lead this life. Why is he begging us to lead this life? Because God has made it possible through Christ Jesus. God has made it possible for us to know him. He has made it possible for us to live this way with lowliness, meekness, all these characteristics. There's the invitation to know him, to live as sons and daughters. We talked about this last formation. Sons and daughters as our call. To live as members of Christ's body. It's a call to unity and peace. To be one with God in heaven and one with his body on earth. And he talks about we've been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You've got it all. He has destined us to be sons and daughters through Christ Jesus. We who are far off, we who are near, all of us, every one of us, even now, those of us who are far off and those of us who are near, he has destined to, for us to live this life and Jesus makes it possible for us to know God. And this is like really... I don't know, that really struck me as I was praying with this, that I don't need to be a stranger to God, and you don't need to be a stranger to God. You don't need to live as a sojourner, as an orphan. Jesus makes it possible for us to know him, and through him, we are all members of the household of God. We are all fellow citizens of the kingdom of God, and we have a father and we have a head of state, if you will, right? Like, we are all fellow citizens with the saints, if we choose to be so. We have access. The door is open, and we can choose to walk through it. So I just want to take kind of two sections with two themes. The first theme is the theme of growth. The second theme is the theme of renewal. So... I was asking this question of myself, what does it look like to choose to live in the kingdom of God on earth? And I think this is exactly what Paul is talking about in chapter 4 of Ephesians. What does it look like 
to live in the kingdom of God? What does it look like to be a member of the family? Um, and these are the two themes that I, I just personally sort of picked out of this, was growth and renewal. So first of all, he talks about we're all members of a body, and like parts of a body are connected, we're connected. So like, you know, if you've ever been injured, uh, maybe the hip gets out of place, that actually puts strain on another part of the body, right? And so then you start experiencing knee pain. It's like, it's all connected. Like this one thing is out of whack, and it's like, do 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 Like it cascades into all these other things, and so too in the body of Christ. Like I get out of whack, and it cascades into my coworkers' life, my roommates' lives, my family's lives. And that's just something Paul talks about. We each are a part of the body. And I'm so grateful that, um, what, I'm sorry, I forgot your name, Wayne, that you brought up. Like each of us is a unique, unrepeatable gift to each other, to the church. Um, and the Lord gives special grace to each of us, and we're all so needed, and that when we're each properly working and in our place and, you know, like we're in right order with ourselves, that it puts the rest of the body into place. Um, So we need to work to grow into him who is the head, that's Christ, to be more truly who we were made to be. Do you guys remember we talked about this at the kickoff? I remember because I talked about it, (laughs) about that question, like, what if we could actually be who God created us to be? You know, like, we talk about it a lot, but, like, what if we could actually do it and, like, reach that perfection to which we're called? What if we could? And I just kind of wanted to recall that because that is what we're called to do, and we have Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, he has destined us to be sons and daughters through Christ Jesus. It is possible, and we must be tenacious and teachable and trusting, and especially trusting of God that he will do it. And I wanted to again recall the story of the potter with his clay. And every time the vessel got marred and it didn't turn out the way that he wanted, whenever it make, was what the vessel he was making turned out badly in his hand, he tried again. Whenever it turned out badly, he tried again. Whenever it turned out badly, he tried again. And so too with us. Whenever it turns out badly, I try again. Whenever that turns out badly, I try again. Whenever I sin, I try again. Whenever I snap at someone, I try again. And I just loved that. This is the growth mindset, that it's possible for us to grow. And if he can be patient, I can too. And if he can be faithful, I can too. If he can persevere, I can too. If he can try again, I can too. Whether it's like, you know, something in me that I'm trying to grow in, a virtue, whether it's a situation, a relationship that is turning out badly, I try again. And that's the tenacity part. And I just, 
I feel like this talk is one long exhortation. <laughs> I just want to exhort us to this patience and to this perseverance and to this tenacity and to this teachableness and to this trusting in the Lord that if I am faithful, he will do it. So, yeah, we need to be resilient in life. This isn't, you know, it's not just about college. There's going to be so many things in life and opportunities where we just, we need to be resilient. We need to be able to bounce back. Um, We need to have this growth mindset. We must always carry hope in us, hope for ourselves and for one another. And especially for, well, I guess, yeah, especially for both. (laughs) I think a lot of us here, we want to love the Lord, and one thing is is that we cannot love the the king without loving his kingdom. So I want to encourage us to seek to grow his kingdom because we want to love the king. We want to love the Lord. We cannot love the Lord without loving his body on earth. So let's seek to grow the kingdom and start with me. You cannot love the king without loving his kingdom. Let's seek to grow the kingdom and start with me. So by nature of being citizens of God's kingdom, right, this means that there's going to be growth and there's going to be change. And this is true for all of us. All of us need to be renewed. So I'm, um, I'm just going to run through like a couple of examples, and you can sort of think. This isn't covering any, like all of them by far, but it might just be a little start for you to think, maybe one of these places do I need to be renewed in, one of these places. So for some, it might be enacting new ways towards substances, Alcohol, drugs, caffeine, even food. For some, it might be acting in a new way with our money, stewarding it not as our own. For some, it might be acting in a new way with our words. It might be acting in a new way with our emotions. I'm in renewal, by the way. I forgot to say that. (laughs) Growth and renewal. These are areas of renewal. Our emotions. Um, It might be acting in a new way when it comes to taking care of our body. It might be acting in a new way with our disposition and the way that I carry myself or the way that I interact with other people. And I gave you some homework. I think I put it on there to look up in the catechism. You can just Google it, but you can also look it up. Look up in the catechism paragraphs 1804 to 1811, and it talks about the virtues and the four cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. There's prudence, which is like using our reason to kind of judge like, what is the right thing to do here? It's not being stingy. You kind of hear like, don't be a prude. (laughs) But prudence is a virtue. To know when to say yes and to know when to say no. Um, Justice is to do the right thing, right? To give what is due to God and to others. Fortitude is kind of like perseverance and courage. I have a rock that will not be shaken. 
um, temperance. I thought about this one with the emotions, especially that we can be temperate, like we want to be temperate in some of these areas and even in our money. Like there's so many, you know, I could go, we could have a conversation about this. So maybe talk to your pastoral leader if you want, but look those up. The virtues are really, actually, there's some really rich stuff in there. So the point is, being a citizen changes things, and we all need to be open to growth and to renewal. There's some area of renewal in your life right now in this season that is available to you. And it's going to be different next year. And it's going to be different maybe even like next month. But there's some area of renewal and growth that's available and open to you right now. Um, Being a member of a family changes things. We want to operate differently because we know who we are. And because we know that the way we act affects other people in the body. Like the elbow affects the wrist, whatever, you know. Um... We want to be tenacious, teachable, and trusting, and whenever it turns out badly, we will try again with God's grace. Um, Guys, we must love one another. Paul says this so much in Ephesians, and if I could just leave you with anything, growth, renewal, yeah, but like we must love one another. And when you live... Andrew Kibi always likes to say, tight quarters creates perfect love. When you live next to each other, there's a lot of opportunity for like rubbing, but we must love each other. And um, it's because we are members of one another. And Paul talks about, we are members of one another. Um, he says, uh, I'm just going to jump into the next section. But he talks about, I'm going to circle back to loving one another. He says, putting away falsehood, let everyone speak the truth to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands so that he may be able to give to those in need. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edifying as fits the occasion, that it may impart grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That last line just has been like eating at my heart. (laughs) Like be kind to one another. Be kind. Be tenderhearted toward one another. Be forgiving of one another. God forgave you. You can forgive others. He is kind to you. You can be kind to others. There's going to be things that frustrate us or rub us the wrong way or even hurt us, but we can be kind to one another and merciful with one another. Um, The verses right before that actually kind of help point to some mindset shifts. There's three um, mindset shifts here. 
The first of anger. He talks about be angry, but do not sin. These are kind of like more practical things, but just areas to examine again. Like, do I need to be renewed in this area? Maybe, maybe not. He says, be angry, but do not sin. Let's watch out for this in our community with one another, anger. I, the last couple years, I was, like, probably like two years ago, I was like, I have an anger problem. <laughs> I was like, I'm an angry person. I know that's like, everyone's like, Emily, you're not angry. <laughs> I am. I, I have so, I, thank you. We all have anger. Let me tell you. And it will manifest in different ways for different ones of us. Some of us have like the cold shoulder, the silent treatment, right? Anger can manifest. There's like volatile anger and then there's like anger, right? There's kind of like a bitterness anger. So there's different kinds. We all have it. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. You can experience anger. You can get upset. You can experience whatever emotion you want to experience. Your body, you know, you're doing it. You're experiencing it. You can't help it, whatever. But don't sin. Don't let that anger or that emotion rule you. Let it be a guidepost. That's like a ding, ding, ding. For me, when I get angry, I'm like, oh, something's going on here. Like, why am I angry? And it's usually because I feel like someone robbed me of something. Like, God owed me that. Or Daniel owed me to pay attention to me. And he, like, walked away, you know? Or I was owed that, this is a big one for me, like, I was owed that free time. Like, I was having, I was reading my book. (laughs) Someone came and interrupted me, and now I'm angry, you know, whatever. It's usually because I feel robbed of something I felt like I deserve that thing. So pay attention, just like a mini anger. Here's what I've learned, like, pay attention to the anger. And if you're experiencing it, don't sin, like let it inform and give you some like insight into what is happening. You know what I mean? Like pay attention to it. Ask, what do I feel robbed of? What's going on? And then cancel the debt. Deal with it. Don't fester. Don't let it fester in you. Don't let it get bitter in you. Cancel the debt. Okay, anger. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Give to those in need. Let's, this was a kind of a cool way to think about it. I can't take credit for this, but let's turn from a thief into a giver. So, for example, when I walk into an environment or in a friendship or a relationship, am I asking or am I thinking How am I being served right now? What can I get from this environment? Like, how can I get to be the center of attention and, like, people are laughing with me or at me or whatever, like, in a good way? Or, you know what I mean? Like, when we walk into an environment, instead of asking, how am I being served? Or instead of, of, like, uh, focusing on how am I being served and how that person is loving me, That's kind of like a thief mentality. Does that make sense? We're kind of like trying to steal, get something. Let's turn from a thief into a giver. Instead of asking, like, how can I get control of this situation? (laughs) How can I get control of my household? (laughs) 
or of my small group and these women and just like make this be a good thing, can we just like give? And it doesn't really matter if it goes the way I want it to go or I just give. Um, how can I serve the body instead of seeking to be served? And then he also talks about let no evil talk come out of your mouths. If you know me, you know that I love speech. I think I love words. I think they're so important and they're so powerful. And I think a lot of you would agree with me. Words are creative. They can build and they can destroy. Um, he says, let no evil talk come out of your mouths. No poor, negative, not upbuilding speech. This speech is, I think, speech is one of the quickest ways to tear down a body of people, to break unity. Speech is one of the ways. And we, we just, you know, we say things without thinking. And it's okay, it's going to happen. But, like, let's, like, try to think before we speak. <laughs> try, <laughs> you know? <laughs> let's try. And let's try to be not just, like, let's try to n choose to not do those bad negative forms of speech, gossip, talking about other people's affairs, slander, talking about other people in a bad way. Gossiping, I said gossiping. Sorry, my words are hard. Um, complaining. Let's try to not do those things, right? Can we all like agree to try to not do those things? Can you raise your hand? I agree. I'm going to try to not do those things. Okay, but not only that, but can we try to do the upbuilding things? Like not only like cut out the bad things, but try to do the good things. Let's be thankful. Let's express our gratitude. I saw you do that. I'm really grateful. Or like, hey, I saw you do that thing, and I know that was really hard for you. Like, hey, I know that was really hard for you to give up going to that thing with your class, and you did. And I'm really grateful. Let's use, acknowledge, and thank one another. No more clamoring, whining, pouting, gossiping, blah, blah. I already said all that. Out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you find yourself speaking with a lot of sarcasm, biting words, biting humor, find yourself gossiping about other people or slandering, you need to take a good look at your own heart because you probably have some stuff in there that you need to deal with that's causing you to talk about that person in that way or to gossip or to whatever. So again, that's like anger, red flag, ding, ding, ding. If we notice these kinds of speech, ding, 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 like, okay, red flag, something's going on here, I'm going to pay attention. Okay, so let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ, God in Christ forgave you. Okay, to wrap up. <coughs> I think I 
want to say something else? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> just want to say a couple of things that mark a healthy body. Um, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a sign of good health in our body here. Honesty, speaking the truth in love, in love, and kindness are all marks of a healthy body. So can we try that? And you can also think about the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5. You have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So let's just be aware of those things. And let's, again, like, you can't love the king without loving his kingdom. Let's seek to build the kingdom, and let's start with ourself. It can be really easy to, like, look around at the body and be like, we have some things to work on. Well, you know what? Start here. And when you get angry, how are you acting? And how are you responding? And when you get bitter, what are you doing about it, right? And your pastoral leader can be a really great place to talk about this, someone who's more removed, so that you don't have to be gossiping with your roommate. <laughs> Go to talk, talk to your pastoral leader or somebody who's more removed. You don't have to use names. Hey, I'm struggling with bitterness with this person in my life. Here's what I think I need to do about it. I don't know what I need to do about it. Can you give me some wisdom? Like, how would you approach this? So let's be on the lookout and try to cultivate. You have to cultivate fruit. Fruit needs to be cultivated. It doesn't just happen. So let's cultivate kindness. Let's cultivate gentleness. Let's cultivate self-control. Let's cultivate peace and kindness and joy and love. I don't know if I missed any there. So to wrap up, God asks us for our choice. He has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavens and on the earth that we need. He has opened the door. He has made a way for us to be a part of this family, a part of this kingdom. And being a part of a family means you have a father that you listen to. Being a part of a kingdom means you're a citizen who obeys, right? and who is a fellow citizen with others. And God invites us to that. He asks us for our choice in that. We have to choose. He invites us to become the kind of person he made us to be, and we have to choose. He invites us to grow, to be imitators of God as his beloved children. What child doesn't look up to his daddy or her mommy and just want to be like her or like him, right? Like, let's be imitators of our own father and love others as he has loved us and forgive others and be merciful as he has been for us. And it's a journey. This isn't going to all happen at once. We're going to walk with one another. And we are going to be patient with one another as we each grow and as we grow into, as a body into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. We grow. We do this by renewal, by putting off the old nature. We're going to have our old natures. We're going to put them off. 
and we want to change into the new nature. So there's so much more, but this talk, I didn't want to cover things in depth, but I did want to just exhort us to this growth and this renewal mindset. Um, and throughout the rest of the semester, we are going to cover some specific areas, like the ones I mentioned, like finances and leisure and our time and how we spend our time, relationships. So just so you're aware, that's kind of where we're going. There's so much. So if you feel like there's an area of renewal for your own life that God's inviting you to, I just want to encourage you to lean into that. We might not talk about it, but talk about it with your own pastoral leader or with somebody. Um, great. So... Let's be imitators of God as his beloved children. Let's walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Let's do that for others. He made it possible. Amen? Amen. Amen. So take two minutes and just circle something or look at those questions. I think I gave you two questions, one question on the front, like what's that area of renewal? So if you haven't already... There are also questions on the back. But if you haven't already pinpointed an area of renewal, do that now or just highlight something that you want to talk to your pastoral leader about or talk to your small group.